What up, everybody? It's the Built Different Podcast. It's Ricky and Sean today. It's that time of year, you know, where there's no football on. Basketball just finished up. Um, hockey just finished up. You know, baseball. Well, you know, you have fighting sports. That's year-round. And golf and, you know, some tennis tournaments, things like that. But, you know, the major, major, like, team sports. Typically, you just have baseball at this time of year. Not the biggest baseball fan, but what I will give baseball credit for is their the amount of analytics they have and the kind of the data that they provide. I think they're one of the pioneers in, in you know, giving fans, you know, giving fans and giving teams data points that uh, made sense to them and making the fan experience even better, like, you know, home run derbies and, you know, tracing technology and so forth. I know Sean is, you know, you've worked with some teams, uh, interned with some teams and you, you were fi- uh, familiar with sabermetrics and things like that, but, you know, what do you, uh, what do you think uh, of, of, you know, kind of the rise in, in analytics in, in baseball and kind of where do you think, uh, you know, I guess kind of give us a, a saber metrics was kind of that first thing that a lot of other companies have kind of branched off from for other sports, uh, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about that or did you want to start maybe with your internship and, and uh, go forward? Yeah, I'll start talking first with, uh, with saber metrics. I think, you know, okay. it, it was not, um, you know, I think a lot of people have seen the movie uh, Moneyball, which is kind of, you know, one of the early, you know, uh, it always story comes back lines to Moneyball. Of, what? It always comes back to Moneyball. It does. It does always come back to Moneyball. But yeah. So, I mean, you saw, though, even in that movie that like the, you know, it took some pretty high up decision makers taking a chance on this idea of trusting analytics and going against mm-hmm. basically everything that what the scouts were telling them, the scouts are, you know, it's all about the eye test with the scouts and, Oh, you know, I've been doing this, this way for 50 years, 75 years, you know, like why change it? You know, we found so many good players and um, it, it took some big, you know, leaps of faith by some teams, um, particularly the Oakland athletics at the time um, to kind of bring this analytical approach into baseball and, you know, mm-hmm. once they were successful with it, then other teams started hopping on board. And now, you know, I think baseball really was kind of the pioneer as far as sports relying very heavily on analytics. I think, you know, mm-hmm. basketball has gotten big into analytics, but they kind of followed baseball's lead. And same thing with, mm-hmm. you know, football also kind of following in that lead. Um, I think baseball was really one of the first major sports to have that in-depth analytics um piece to it and you know as far as saber metrics the entire premise of it is um you know how how can we use data how can we use um these numbers that we're getting to predict like to enhance the amount of wins that we get so there's Mm -hmm. new metrics out there i mean they're constantly making new metrics for baseball i don't even know all of them myself but one of the big metrics that people look at these days is um what's called war which is wins above replacement Mm-hmm. And what that is, is it's basically a way to measure how important a player is to your team, Incor- like incorporating their offensive statistics, their defensive statistics, and, you know, their the value of the position that they play. So if someone is in a position of very, very critical value and they were to essentially go down or you were to lose them, how much of an impact is that going to have on your team? from a wins perspective. That's kind of what war is designed to do. 
Um, and, you know, I think incorporating that into other sports is something that could really have a huge impact because, you know, you and I have talked a lot about in basketball, you know, the, the goat conversation and stuff. I'm not going to get into that, but there is no really metrics in some of these other sports yet for combining the offensive and defensive statistical metrics to create something that like quantifies both in a meaningful Mm. way. And I think, you know, from your perspective of, you know, saying that Jordan is a goat, I think that's something that would significantly help Jordan's goat, you know, goat in the goat conversation because of his defensive prowess. So I think, you know, baseball is kind of ahead of the game in that too. Um, So I think there's a lot that they're doing with analytics and sabermetrics that is, that is very good. And, you know, um, it's kind of been the building ground for a lot of these other sports to kind of move in that direction. I think, you know, and which, which we talked about before combat sports is one of these sports that is very behind the curve in, in moving towards that, towards Mm -hmm. that, uh, towards that way of thinking and stuff. Um, Yeah. It with combat sports, it's like, you know, you, you have like the the home run is one of the coolest things to see because it's you know it's you know at that point in the game and then you see how far that thing went. Same thing with with combat sports is like that knockout punch, like that that big moment, and there's nothing really behind it for fans to be like, damn, you know, Francis and Ganu landed this much, and you know, or you know, it could be a uh, you know Shevchenko maybe throws a kick or. You know, Errol Spence throws this punch, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. You know, you just, you can't, you can't, you know, because that, that was a big thing with baseball. It's like, man, uh, you know, Andreas Galarraga hit this wall or Barry Bonds or Sammy Sosa. It's the furthest hit, you know, furthest uh, home run in this park. Or, oh, man, he hit a four, you know, 460-foot uh, home run. And there's not that that thing in combat sports. But, that, you know, that's where we're here. But uh, that's another conversation for another uh, podcast. But uh, one of the things I think was uh, I always loved, you know, as a as a super casual baseball fan is like speed, you know, like how fast is this pitcher pitching? And I mean, that's one of my favorite things as a, as the pitch comes in, because, you know, like pitching, everybody wants to see the hits. But the other side of that is how how hard that that pitcher threw or like just the trajectory of the ball and so forth. So. You had some experience with that as far as the speed and, and uh, working with a company that did, uh, you know, did some radar work with uh, pitches, right? Yeah. So I, I did an internship um, a few years back with a company called FlightScope. Um, mm-hmm. They're big into uh, baseball radar tracking. I think they're also in golf, golf radar okay. tracking as well. Um, mm-hmm. But for baseball, they were working with a lot of collegiate teams and stuff and using like they they'd set up a radar within the home stadium of of whatever team it was um and they would you know track every single pitch and Mm -hmm. you know they'd be able to tell you um and then obviously whenever the pitch was hit they would track the hitting statistics as well so Mm. um one of the really cool things and you know you were talking about speed and stuff and I think speed is definitely, you know, a factor as far as like pure power and things like that. Mm. But one of the really cool things that they were able to track was spin rate for pitchers. 
which is when someone throws like this curveball or any kind of like off-speed pitch, looking mm-hmm. at how fast the ball is spinning and being able to quantify that. And because of the spin, that's how you see that like movement of the ball. Um, and, you know, you they could measure the spin rate so fine that like that's how a lot of uh, scouting departments started to embrace the analytics was you could, you know, justify, oh, by looking at someone's spin rate, like this person has a curveball or a, you know, a screwball or something like that, that mm-hmm. that's going to be really, really impactful at the professional level. Like that was a statistic that, that a lot of MLB teams looked at, and I'm sure they still look at today. Um, and then from the hitting side, one of the biggest things that they wanted to look at was launch angle. So, mm-hmm. cause there are people, there's some people that are, you know, more powerful just naturally than others. And, you know, swing speed is another thing that's going to, you know, impact how hard you're hitting the ball. But the most important thing when it comes to hitting a baseball is going to be your launch angle. If you hit Mm -hmm. it with a bad launch angle, you're either going to hit a ground ball or you're going to hit a fly ball. And it's going to either way you're, you know, maybe not a ground ball isn't guaranteed to be an out, but if you hit a fly ball, that's going to be an out, you know, and that's the difference between an out and a hit right there. And Mm the difference between, uh, a fly ball and a home run is, you know, maybe one or two degrees of launch angle. So that is um, a really another really cool stat that they were able to get uh, through these radar systems and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool working with working with those companies and, you know, like getting to getting to know that, you know, the data that, that you're working with is getting sent to like professional teams, professional scouts that are looking at some of these players from the collegiate level um, with, you know, hopes of eventually drafting them and making them into an MLB player. Yeah, it's funny too, because we, well, I think you purposely wore like a, a baseball shirt. I, I just happened to be out today and I wore this um, this hat and it's actually funny that we're doing a baseball podcast. But I think one of the things kind of going back to what we were saying before is the, you know, how a lot of these uh, data focused, you know, analytics and, and uh, you know, st- statistics that were, you know, for fans and so forth, um, how it transferred to other sports. Um, one of the things I think about is like the tracking, um, tracking the ball, you know, because, uh, you know, you saw it being done in baseball first. Then all of a sudden it's in golf, it's in hockey. Um, you see it kind of in baseball, and uh, you see it a little bit in tennis, maybe. Even though it's more so like the uh, more of like a not a heat map, but you know where the ball it's you know where the ball's landing if it's out of, out of bounds or in in the court. Yeah. But um, baseball was the first to do that, right? That was like I would say that was probably after the you know, probably what, early 2000s, maybe they started doing that. That's when I really was even more intrigued because I loved seeing the trajectory, the angle of the ball. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to see that ball. Um, you know, even like, what do you think, like the Rays Stadium and that, you know, getting caught up in the lights and stuff like that. So being able to actually see it being tracked and and see where it, go, it goes. And, you know, same thing in golf now. It makes it more interesting, in my opinion, as well, to actually see the tracing of, of, of the ball and seeing where exactly it went. 
Yeah, I mean, from what I remember, I think, you know, baseball was definitely on the earlier end of it. I'm not sure if it was the first sport, but they were definitely one of the earlier sports to include those kinds of, you know, like flight path and tracking mm-hmm. within the broadcast, right? Because you could see, mm-hmm. like, I what I loved to, what I love is uh, watching the home run derby, like after someone hits like 30 home runs, they'll show like basically a scatter chart, right? Of like, all the different paths in one yeah. go and like all the different places they're hitting it. And, you know, things like that also have a significant impact from the defensive side, right? Because mm-hmm. for a while the shift was, I mean, the shift has been around for a long time, but it became a lot more prevalent through analytics. Um, because if you know that somebody is like 75% more likely to hit it to the right side, you're going to have more of your people on the right side of the field. It's just, you know, Mm -hmm. like you'd be silly not to. Um, Now, of course, this year, at least the MLB is put like a ban on the shift. So it's kind of a little bit interesting to see now teams are having to um, adjust or come up with creative ways so that, you know, you're able to kind of cover the field the way you want to, but without doing it uh, illegally. So that that's been an interesting development this year is kind of they tried to get rid of the shift, but you know, um, and I think part of that is the fact that the MLB in general and fans, right? As much as great pitching is like impressive, the casual mm-hmm. fans want to see hits. They want to see home runs. They want to see people scoring. Like no, like that is one of my biggest gripes with something like soccer is I feel mm-hmm. like. I don't want to watch a game where the final score could be zero zero or one nothing. You know, like I like seeing games where there's lots of scoring and um, baseball, you know, can obviously have that same issue sometimes with, you know, lack of scoring, but um, with a lot of the things that they're doing now, they're trying to make it more friendly to the, to the offense, to the hitters. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. Um, Cause one thing I, I do look at, you know, I'm like, Super casual baseball fan, but I like checking out the scores and seeing the standings and stuff. Like that. I have Alexa on my laptop, and for some reason, Alexa just popped up. I guess baseball is a trigger word for it or something else. Uh, anyhow, but yeah, I uh, I look at the box scores, and one thing I'm noticing, and maybe maybe it's maybe I'm just not uh, maybe it's just because I don't watch it often. But it, to me, it seems like the scores are higher this this season. Like there's teams that are, are putting up bigger um bigger numbers now um would you say because i know i was reading some articles about baseball how they're trying to speed the game up like you just said how they're trying to make it more uh fan friendly and i don't know if those different uh what they the the, you know changes that they made if that helped to add like more scoring to the game um there was some discussions a couple years back about how MLB is changing the the actual baseballs that are used and Mm. quote unquote juicing them. Um, The MLB, I think, has semi denied that, um, that they're, you know, any more likely to get, you know, hit out of the park or something like that. But, you know, one thing that we're seeing is there is an uptick in, you know, in hard hit balls, an uptick in uh home runs you know we i think we may have had an episode of the podcast where we talked about aaron judge last year and how he was you know um Mm -hmm. 
you know, hitting home runs at a crazy, crazy level. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually, I believe he broke the record. Uh, yeah. So I think when you, you know, when you see stuff like that, it's it is kind of crazy. And it is kind of um, I do think that the speeding up of the pitchers definitely mm-hmm. plays a little bit into, you know, the batter, you know, now has a little bit more control and, you know, like the pitcher can't control the, the game speed as much as they could before, you know, where they are taking a long time and like getting the batter more anxious or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any actual statistics backing that up, but I do think, you know, it kind of does favor the batters more so than the pitchers because the pitchers now have had to adjust their, you know, their, some of the, some pitchers who took like a really long, uh, wind up or a really long setup time now had to adjust mm-hmm. because otherwise they were going to get penalized over and over and over again. So, um, I do think that that could have had an impact in you know some of the higher scores that you may have been seeing. One of the things too that I noticed, and it's, it's you see it in different sports. There's these different injuries. In basketball, it might be like an ACL or something. And in football, it's like these soft tissue injuries. Baseball is these the Tommy John injuries, you know what I mean? And well, Tommy John is the surgery, but you have that that injury. Um, was this a thing? Would you agree that this was a thing that was like had happened in seasons past? Or is it like now that, you know, like I said, in basketball, it seems to be happening more often. I don't know if it was misdiagnosed back then or these soft tissue injuries are occurring more often, ACL tears in football as well. But um, do you think there's something now where, like, these guys are, are throwing harder or maybe they're just th- they're so many different arm angles that they're using now that, you know, that this is a more prevalent uh, injury now in baseball? Um, I would say a couple of things about Tommy John. I would say that – the new, you know, having some new arm angles, people coming from maybe a lower mm-hmm. uh, release angle, stuff like that. There is some some studies that have been out there that have said that long-term arm health, you know, from throwing that kind of way is not great. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, part of it too is, you know, you've got to keep up. You know, the average pitch speed probably in you know the 70s or 80s was a lot lower than it is now you know you're constantly Mm -hmm. having better athletes coming through and um you're trying to get you know baseball has been known you know similar to most of the other sports basketball and stuff you want to have the prototypical size players right the six foot four six foot five pitchers who Mm -hmm. can use their length and stuff to get a little bit more velocity like they just have higher potential to to reach those, you know, faster speeds and stuff like that. Um, I'm not 100% sure that that's necessarily causing more Tommy John injuries, but it could be a factor. Um, one thing I would definitely say is that more players are probably getting Tommy John nowadays as a semi-preventative surgery mm-hmm. where they have a, like soreness or you know some inflammation and Mm -hmm. maybe it's not something that's like a fully torn elbow or something like that but they get the surgery anyways to prevent it from getting to the point where it's a lot worse um Mm -hmm. i i think that's definitely probably one of the more 
likely causes for seeing more of those nowadays is because you you do it so that you don't have to you know you don't have to worry about it later um and uh i would say that's probably one of the the more uh more prevalent reasons why it's why it's happening more but i would also say that the recoveries recovery and recovery time from a Tommy John surgery has also gotten significantly better. There used to be times where a Tommy John surgery would take you out for a good two years. Now we've seen Ooh. some players come back as early as, you know, nine months to a year. And some, some people still have, you know, a slower recovery it depends on how bad the injury was before the surgery. Um, but there's more incentive to get it now because of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm only going to miss a year or so, right? Because if you're a player, an athlete in the prime of their career, you don't want to be missing two, two plus years of, of your prime to get this surgery versus now, you know, you might only have to miss one year or even less than a year, potentially. That's a little bit more appealing. What would you, because I was just thinking about it as you were talking about it and thinking back on how the NFL and NBA and even uh, golf and, and probably NHL have implemented more data and analytics into their broadcasts and into, you know, training and scouting. And would you say that baseball is has fallen behind those other sports? Because what I was just thinking about as well is watching a, a broadcast there's certain things I still think they're not tracking. Um, you know, football, obviously speed, you know, you know, the max speed you get the uh, of a running back, you know, top speed. You kind of like, oh, such and such had a uh, had the top speed this week of, out of all their wide receivers or something like that. Is there anything like that as far as between the base running? Um, what data points do you still as a fan watching this? baseball would you want them to um that maybe they use in other sports that you would be curious to see in baseball yeah i i think that's a good point um i i think right now what you're missing is tracking of individuals more so mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. you know the like the radar systems that they have in place they have them in i'm sure pretty much every probably every mlb stadium and most D1 college stadiums, um, they are very good for tracking the pitches, tracking, you know, the type of pitch, tracking the, a lot of the numbers regarding like within the pitches uh, and same thing with the, the hitting statistics. But mm -hmm. what you aren't seeing there is like, first off, that is only happening when you're playing on that field, right? If you're on a practice field or if you're, you know, out somewhere else, then you're not getting that. That's those same numbers. Um, even pitchers who have to warm up in the bullpen, right? You're mm -hmm. not tracking how many pitches they're throwing and stuff. Like the coaches might, you know, have their own methods of watching them and yeah, mm -hmm. using the little pitch counter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but that's something that you really want to be aware of with uh, some of these some of these athletes. Is you know like. Um, load management you want to make mm -hmm. sure that they're not throwing too many pitches that they're not overthrowing, um and you know um 
I think that's kind of where there's still some stuff missing is, you know, from the tracking of the individual side, like, mm-hmm. um, especially outside of, you know, the big stadiums where they, um, where they have like the radars and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen technology as far as some sweet swing um, mechanic type stuff and but there's really nothing for the pitcher. There's yeah, like, like you're right. There's nothing for the individual that you're like, you know, besides home, you know, the basic stats, the home runs and on base and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I think there's, there's other things that um, you're starting to get with other sports that baseball is still kind of lacking a little bit. Um, would you one, say also too that, sorry, go ahead. One thing I will say is that, Baseball is is one of these early sports that is uh, really getting uh, getting ahead on you know what we were kind of talking about before this call, which is the AR VR virtual reality type stuff. There's some mm-hmm, companies out there that are you know helping with uh, with that, um, and you know you're able to swing against. You can like there's there's one company that. Uh, I have a friend who they who works for them who you can like swing and you can choose from a um, selection of pitchers like MLB pitchers and say like oh I want to take an at bat against that person and like mm-hmm. see how you stack up. Now it's still that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, you know I, I since I'm a Marlins fan I I did that and I uh, I put it on and I I took a swing against Sandy Alcantara who was the Cy Young winner Marlins pitcher. And uh, yeah, no, I didn't hit the ball at all. I, I at one point accidentally threw the remote across the room because I <laughs> didn't have it on my hand properly. But uh, I do think that there is ways that they are getting uh, more involved in training through different technologies that isn't necessarily, you know, publicized maybe as much as um, as some of the stuff that you know is happening in football and baseball. They're, I think they're getting a lot more publicity for the training that they're trying to do versus baseball's kind of like we're just going to do this in the in the background and not really tell you so much about it um, but they're they are using some of those technologies in a way to to help out with training and stuff like that which i think is cool one of the things i do pay attention to because you know i want to see how the u.s is stacking up is the, the world baseball classic would you say you know i feel I kind of feel like it's, it's like basketball now where the rest of the world is kind of catching up with our players. You know, obviously we have, you know, the Japanese players, the players from South America um, that have always been kind of, you know, some of the best players in the league. Would you say some of these training technologies um, being utilized by the team is kind of maybe helping and, you know, maybe some of the scout, like, you know, just utilization of technology and analytics and uh has helped close the gap between, you know, the U S and the rest of the world, as far as baseball. I think the rest of the world has been, you know, producing great players for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think, you know, baseball over time has kind of diminished in popularity among like Mm -hmm. youth and stuff like that. I think that is a big factor to why some of these other, countries are catching up because you know when you i mean i know soccer is popular pretty much worldwide but when mm-hmm. you go down to you know cuba dominican republic um some of those island countries like baseball is you know like 
life King. down there. It mm. it is the thing that they you know practice every single day in and out. Like it is all they care about, right? And um, I think you're starting to see less and less of that in the United States. Um, and sure. that's kind of more why they're catching up. Because I think technology wise, um, America, you know, is is a very you know privileged country overall, um, mm. and so we do have access to a lot of these technologies that some of these other countries, um, smaller countries and stuff, might not even have access to that. Um, but you know, the the passion for the game I think is stronger in some of those countries, and that's why they're still you know producing these players that are they come into the league and all of a sudden like a couple years in they're lighting it up and doing things that we haven't seen in 50 years or 20 years Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah i would agree with that that's a that's a good point um yeah it used to be like son and dad going out into the daughter going out into the yard and hitting the you know, putting on the gloves, throwing the ball or hitting the baseball. Now it's, you know, even thinking about friends with kids, it's like, hey, let's go in the back and kick the soccer ball or, um, you know, basket, having the basketball court, having the basketball hoop and shooting hoops or, you know, even throwing the football or, or more of a thing. But, yeah, you don't you drive around neighborhoods now. You don't see kids in the yard and, and uh, throwing baseball with mom or dad or whatever, you know, or their yeah, friends. I, what Some of my friends and I have had this discussion about, is baseball a dying sport? And I I don't like that argument. I don't think it's mm. necessarily dying. Um, mm. I I would say that you know it it has plateaued. It's not getting more popular, um, but it's it's gotten to the point now where it's kind of where it's at, and it's going to take. I think it really would take a big influx of young talent, exciting talent, to kind of motivate children to say i want to play baseball you know like you want you want those players that people look up to the way that you know people in football you know are like wow like tom brady like i want to be tom brady or you know in basketball i want to be lebron i want to be you know kobe type of thing like you need those players i think in baseball and there hasn't been a lot of that recently i think you know obviously mm-hmm. mike trout is a great player and he yeah. has been a great yeah. player um, but you're you're missing kind of a face of the sport to really like influence these kids these young kids and you know kind of get everyone back to being excited but i do think the you know some of the changes that they've made with the pitch clock and stuff mm-hmm. like speeding up the game a little bit making it more exciting making it more friendly for fans will have good long-term effects with, you know, people paying more attention to baseball, more people watching baseball. And then in turn, if more people are watching it, more people may, you know, have their, like, not influence their kids, but like um, put their kids into baseball at a young age, which, you know, you can fall, that's how you fall in love with sports is by trying them. If you don't try the sport, you're never going to know whether you like it or not. Um, So I, you know, I, I think that is, one of the positive one of the big positive things with what baseball has done recently is they're they're trying to get that excitement back into baseball yeah it's it's hard it's hard um for me watching the sport it's out of all the major sports i've been to to watch live like that's probably the one it just it's so long like it's and then between innings and then like 
the last game I went to was Yank, uh, Yankee Stadium, Red Sox and Yankees, you know, like always a heated rivalry. One, it was so damn hot. I just, I was like, man, I don't, we went to, me and my friend went to a, uh, we were there at the game, spent like a ton of money just to park and everything. And then next thing you know, like, it was just so hot. I'm like, dude, let's go. We went to a, um, a pic, like a picnic, like a, like a street picnic or whatever, like block picnic. And, um, I was like, cool, man. And then we, we came back and found out it was like an all time classic game. You know what I mean? I was like, damn, maybe we should have stayed, but um yeah for me it's one of the least you know out of all the major sports I've, I've seen in live it's like the most boring so I think that plays a huge factor it just feels like it drags and drags and then it's one of the frustrating ones because you know I'm trying to for one tape like a UFC match or a boxing match on ESPN or something and then you just never know it could be it could be women's fast pitch softball it can be college men or women's baseball you know MLB um, it could be little league and the damn thing, you know, you set the DVR to, to, to watch it. And this, the baseball games in like the 15th inning. I'm like, come on, man. And so like DVR doesn't get the fight at all. And that is really what annoys me. So if they speed the game up, um, you know, I'd probably be more apt to go to the, to go to a game or even watch a game. The only time I really, really kind of watch it a little bit more in depth is, is, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, world series or the, you know, the, the playoff uh, chases. I think one of the one of the funny things that kind of hints at what you were talking about is one of my favorite parts about baseball is that the game will never end in a tie. You know, they're going to keep playing mm-hmm. until one team wins and one team loses. I mm-hmm. I hate watching games where you know you you're watching this game for three four hours and then at the end it's just like oh okay it's a tie sorry like. No, mm-hmm. like so. For me, I I like the fact that there's not necessarily a a time ending to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you just gotta win. What I do think has been helpful and um more more recently too is they added a rule where uh, if you go into extra innings, there you start with a runner on second base. So now there's mm-hmm. some yeah they they added that rule a few years back. Um, I think they kept it. So, um, you know, with the runner starting on second base, now there's a little more strategy to it. Are you with no outs? Are you bunting to try to get him over to third that way, you know, on a fly ball, he can, you know, sacrifice fly and score the runner to make sure Mm -hmm. you get that one run. And then if you're the home team, like if the other team doesn't score a run that influences your, you know, are you going to try to you know, play it safe to score the guy, or are you going to, you know, like be swinging away? Or are you going to try to steal a base? There's a lot of, you know, increased strate- like strategy involved with, you know, those extra innings now. And like, okay, let's make sure that we get this run or let's like, or, you know, if the other team scores a bunch of runs now, you know, like we've got to, like, we can't be wasting an out here. We got to get people on base and get more people scoring, you know? So I do like that they've added that. I think it's kind of taken away from some of those really like, you know, 15, 17 inning games, um, Mm -hmm. which can be fun. But at the same time, I totally understand where you're coming from, where it's like, you know, if you're not interested in watching baseball, then the the 17 inning game is not going to be fun for you because you're, you know, it's taking up airtime over something else that might be coming on or whatever. 
it's it's killed the DVR. Like, I, you know, I'll be out and I'll come home. Like, okay, let me watch these and turn it on. And it's like baseball. Like, okay, okay. Like, maybe, you know, they're going to finish this game here pretty soon. Ninth inning, you know. And then I'm like fast forwarding the DVR. The whole damn fight is taken up. It's like 12 innings and the, the first eight fights are like not on there. You know, thank God for ESPN Plus because you can go back and watch it. But, yeah, back in the day when you used to have to just watch the – anything that you were trying to record after a baseball match is just like, oh, God. I would always set the DVR. Like, my thing was setting the DVR, like, an hour and a half, two hours after the after the event is the event is supposed to finish so I can maybe catch part of it. Or sometimes I would have to go onto ESPN2 and record there because, you know, sometimes if it's, not, if it's not live, it would go to ESPNU or ESPN2. So that's why I was like, always oh, like, ah, baseball's on before the fights. Oh, man, because it might not be good, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I've seen the same thing too with uh, with college football. They, you know, they do the basically unlimited overtimes until somebody wins. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean that. I think I my dad does the same thing that you do, where you you know extend the recording, you know, additional <laughs> two hours, um, especially if it's on a yeah. sports channel, because you don't you, yeah. you just don't know when the game is going to end. So that's very true. But yeah. No, this was an interesting topic, you know what I mean? I I can appreciate any sport, really, you know what I mean? And uh, that's why, I don't know, I love the preparation of different athletes and, you know, like a lot of the, obviously, the technology, because we're in a, you know, technology business, but, you know, what they used to prepare and what they used to get ready, like, you know, the fan experience, you know, what data fans are privy to. Still, you know, the coolest thing in the world to me is like the how many feet they hit it. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, 450 feet, 460 feet. Um, the home run derby is like one of the best events in all of uh, all star events in all of sports. Probably the best, the most exciting, I would say. Because it used to be like the dunk contest in basketball, but they, these guys aren't doing it like they used to. But yeah, you know, and that's what's so interesting about what we do, obviously, because we say it on every call, like people, you bring this and show this to people and like, oh, I could see this being used in in football, basketball, baseball. And, you know, we've heard a lot about baseball too. And I think you were onto something when you mentioned, you know, some of the individual tracking metrics, um, some of the technique metrics. Um, you know, we've talked about and we've, you know, you know, gone back and forth about what we could do for baseball. And, and baseball players. So that's, you know, I think even if I'm not a fan of it, I'm a fan of helping the sport and fan of like what we have and presenting it to them and saying, and, you know, like everything else, making people the best version of themselves. And I think that's, you know, my interest in it in, in the future is going to be, you know, maybe our implementation and, and bringing to some of these, you know, pitchers or hitters and, you know, giving them some data points that, you know, other technologies just can't right now that we, you know, we can deliver to them. So, that's what's exciting for me. I I remember when I first joined, you know, when we had like one of our first conversations, um, mm -hmm. that was immediately where my mind went to was baseball. I was like, wow, like this could definitely be used, you know, with baseball, with, you know, tracking pitchers, making sure that they're not overusing their arm and things like that. You know, I think that's kind of, uh, like I said earlier, kind of one of the big pieces of like, thing that is missing from baseball um, mm -hmm. and where I kind of want to see technology advance a little bit is that individual tracking and, you know, mm -hmm. um, health tracking as well. You know, the radars can tell you a lot yes. about the numbers, but 
Mm-hmm. They can't tell you about the person. You know, you you need to know when your when your pitcher's feeling good or not feeling good. And listening to people, I've I've found is always unreliable. People don't always mm-hmm. tell you how they feel. You know, sometimes you need the the technology to to tell you how they're feeling. Um, and we've seen that with a couple of different use cases, not just baseball mm-hmm. or sports. Um, you know, healthcare as well. Well, I think, you know, every sport you have warriors, you know, and fighting sports is the warriors that are like, I'm not hurt. I'm just going to keep going. That's every sport, you know what I mean? And we, you know, even sports we've played, I'm sure there's been times where we've been hurt or, you know, I used to have really bad asthma as a kid. I was like, you know, no, I'm fine. I'm going to go out and, you know, still play basketball. I could have died out there on the court, but, you know, I was like, you know, thought I was in the pros or something, man. I was like, I was getting paid. I was like, no, I'm going out there. Um, but yeah, that's what we're like, I kind of here for also too, is like, you know, that was one thing I was thinking about when you were kind of talking about something else earlier, but the biometric side of it and, you know, what is actually happening to these pitchers that is, you know, you know, what is actually happening to them when they're getting these injuries? Like when are their the arms fatiguing? When, um, when is it, you know, maybe you got to take this guy out? Cause that's, you know, the, the taking the pitcher out thing is a big guessing game too. Like, you know, okay, well, it looks like he's declined, and I don't know, you know, the guy could, you know, just had a bad inning, and the guy could have had a read on him, you know what I mean? And then, you know, he might come, he could, you take him out, but hey, he could have came back in and threw some more heat, you know, you just, it's kind of that guessing game. So, you know, I think that's where we can play a huge part, and I know we're always using these vague terms, but when when people, you know, get a, a look at this and we kind of explain it a little bit more, you know, it's going to open your eyes and ears, kind of like how when you first joined, you're like, I could see it being in baseball because you really, truly can. We're, you know, we're, uh, you know, we can go to anything. And that's the beauty of what we're doing and why I love it so much because, you know, it's love sports, number one, love preparation, love uh, training, love seeing people uh, reach new heights. And that's what I feel like what I know we, we're doing. And uh, I think unlike anything else, we, we have the ability to do it um, through you know, just the user experience and the data points we're able to provide through that user experience. So excited about it. Uh, even in the world of baseball or sports, I don't watch it. Could be, could be cricket, man. Let's put the, let's put these devices on people. Well, cricket's in the, cricket's somewhere. You know, my, my family's obviously from the islands, and you know, a lot of my family's in, in London, so they probably tr- well, especially my uncle trashed me for kind of tr- talking bad about um, cricket. But yeah, I mean. We're for everybody is what I mean. We, we we can go anywhere. That's the beauty of what we do. So, yeah, with that being said, yeah, with that being said, Sean, I appreciate it. You, you know, you gave me some stuff I didn't even know about baseball. I didn't know about the overtime, um, the new sitting man on second base. I think that's a cool thing. Uh, you know, that, that makes for an except more exciting overtime, kind of like college football, like you said, where you have, like, maybe you start from the 25 and it's more about getting the score in, but yeah, no, this has been a great episode and, um, you know, can't wait to, to, to just, you know, we, we obviously have to start uh, with our niche and kind of move out, but I'm, I'm excited to try this with everybody and see how we can help every sport and every different type of athlete and even the, you know, the casual athletes that are running and jogging or just going to the gym. So, yeah, with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Comment, like, subscribe. Um, you know, check us out on all our platforms, all our social media, and uh, just keep a lookout. You know, we'll be dropping this thing um, 
at some point. And when we do, you guys are going to be really excited as, as much as we're excited about it and as much as anybody we show this is excited about it. So thank you guys for tuning in and I uh, hope you had a great productive week and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.